Hey everybody, we are live. Hello and welcome to Community Manager Live. I'm David Dewald, Community Manager at Sienna.com. Each week we bring community professionals together to discuss a topic suggested by our audience. Um, <clears throat> if you would like to chat along with us today, you can do so on youtube.com, facebook.com, and Twitch, uh, where when you chat with us there, we can pull your questions and chat messages right into our stream to display it to our audience. Uh, and show your little beautiful icons. If you prefer to just watch or listen, you can do so on Twitter or LinkedIn, and you can find all of the links to the, at the top of the page on thecommunitymanager.com, uh, and we're ready to go. So I'm gonna make my big face go away, and I'm gonna bring everybody on stream, and then we'll go around the horn, and everybody can say who they are, what they do, and where they do it. Jason, you're right next to me. How about you go first? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having us here, uh, David. Appreciate it. My name is Jason uh, Hand, and uh, I'm a cloud advocate at Microsoft. Uh, do a couple of um, different things within Microsoft in terms of um, DevRel, uh, developer relations types of things, creating content, um, fun stuff like that, but also doing a lot of process and, and internal engineering to a lot of the developer relations and community stuff that we uh, I've been working on and, and have planned in the future. We kind of went through a little recent reorg. Now we're part of a team called Global Experiences that works focus, focuses specifically on uh, developer experiences and um, event experiences. So um, yeah, a little bit of change recently, but uh, very exciting stuff and uh, happy to be here. Thank you for coming. Wesley? My name is Wesley Faulkner. Uh, my day job in terms of how I get paid is I am the senior community manager for AWS in North America. Uh, so it's it's underneath the DevRel organization, uh, but my particular focus is user groups and how those interact with our developers in the community. Uh, but I am here as uh, also as a co-host with Jason and with PJ on uh, the podcast Community Pulse. So I have a long history of community and DevRel, and so I'm glad to be able to talk about both. PJ? Hey, so, I mean, Wesley pretty much summed it up for me. So uh, I'm PJ Haggerty. I'm the founder and chief community officer at devrelate.io. Uh, we're a developer and community relations as a service company. So anything you think of as DevRel or community management, we do as you need it, um, kind of providing those services to our clients uh, as they're building up what their DevRel program full-time might look like. Uh, that's what I do during the day. Uh, as Wesley said, I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Community Pulse, which is a, a great DevRel podcast that kind of encompasses, we try to encompass all of the questions that you might have about DevRel and, and figure out where we can find some answers for you. But like every great DevRel podcast, mostly it depends. Um, I'm also the voice of Scaling Developer Success, which is the uh, developer relations podcast from Paradis.ai. So I like to podcast. <laughs> Very good. Brian? Yeah. Hey, well, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Brian Oblinger. Um, I've been doing community stuff as long as like I've been on the internet, which was like in the nineties or something like that. So, um, just, you know, worked at community vendors, uh, worked at companies, uh, on the consulting side these days, helping companies, you know, get their strategy in order and, and build that out. Um, and on the podcast side, I host a podcast with, uh, Erica cool, um, about community and customer experience and leadership and those kinds of things. So yeah, thanks for having me. Very good. Thank you for joining us. And Chris was a little late. Tell us uh, who you are, 
what you do and where you do it. Sorry about that, guys. Um, Chris Detzel, I'm the Director of Customer Community and Engagement at Reltio. Um, so I've built their online community from ground up and, you know, uh, do, do a lot of things around that. And I also have a podcast called Peers Over Beers, which I have, you know, I think I've had it for about three years and, and started to interview a lot of really, uh, really great community leaders uh, over the years. So good stuff. Yeah, I, I am absolutely not salty about the fact that you never had me on your show while you were in Raleigh. I'm not not salty at all. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll call you soon. I'll be reaching out. <laughs> sure. All good. All right. So um, our first question up for the day um, is what made you decide to start a podcast? Just as kind of just background to know about you and what, what made you decide to pick it up and do it. Um, anybody can take a stab at that. Uh, yeah, I'll, t I'll take the first step. So sure. um, when I first started a podcast, um, one of my uh, good friends, Michael Sandoval, um, uh, he was my leader um, over at Rexel. And we, we built, I guess, three online communities there, one, one in France and Germany and North America. But when I left the company, I just wanted to really be close to him and uh, continue to learn from him. So I just called him up and said, hey, dude, let's do, let's do something like a podcast. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so you know, really, he's a great teacher and taught me a ton of things. And then, um, you know, we we started doing it and just thought it would be fun to kind of do this, what I think of learn, teach, learn. And um, I kept it going. He passed away back in December of last year. Oh. And so I then started uh, to kind of think about where I wanted to take peers over beers. Did I want to continue it and things like that? And I thought, you know what? Um, why don't I just start interviewing leaders within the space so we can learn from these leaders? And so that's what I've been doing since January of this year, but we, we have a lot of stuff, you know, in the past as well. So. Very good. Uh, I can follow that up. Um, very similar. Uh, I would say, you know, with, with the intentions of learning from others, getting, getting um, the experts uh, in, in sort of my area, my new area at the time, getting them on a call and asking them questions about how they do things and, and uh, um, you know, just sort of bounce ideas off of them was the, the primary motivation for me. Um, and yeah, so just to give you a little background, as, as Wesley and PJ both pointed out, uh, the three of us uh, are three of four hosts on a show called The Community Pulse, as well as another show that's, that follows that called The After Pulse. And uh, the origins of that was uh, Mary, who's not with us today, uh, Mary Thingball, um, she was <laughs> she was um, uh, at a conference that uh, the, the two of us were, were both attending uh, in sort of the IT operations, web operations, systems operations uh, space. And um, um, I just approached her one day after, after having an interaction with her uh, and, and figuring out we were both doing community work or community development work. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of other people that I was seeing on a regular um, occasion to have these conversations with. So I started, uh, I guess, asking her if she wanted to get together and chat about things. And then that uh, very quickly snowballed into, well, let's just, let's get other people, other experts together, and let's just turn that into a podcast because uh, these are things that we'd love to learn. We'd also love to just turn into a soundboard for others so that they can learn these things too, because it did feel like at the time developer relations was really starting to take off at the developer uh, collective, the DevRel collective Slack channel. That's when all that began uh, sort of sparked as well. So uh, there was a little bit of um, 
um, just sort of a, a necessity I thought we need we needed to um, attempt to fill in terms of the conversations around building communities within tech uh, and, and specifically developer relations. And um, but selfishly, um, like uh, Chris pointed out or like Brian pointed out, um, I wanted to learn from so, sort of my peers and the mentors or be mentored by some of the people I really looked up to. Right. And that's, that's, cool. that's kind of how I got involved. I, I was originally a guest on Community Pulse, I think like episode five or six. And Mary reached out to me because we'd known each other before the podcast started. And she's like, hey, um, it'd be really great. So, I mean, it was one thing to have like an additional perspective, but also, you know, working in the world of community management and DevRel, sometimes you don't have the time to do this extra thing every Friday um, that comes out. So having, you know, more hands in the pot kind of helped out with that. So I also, I think I brought an air of levity to uh to an otherwise respectable podcast um that was my job and then, and then we brought wesley in a few years later because i was getting too out of control and we needed a, a voice of reason very cool yeah my mic goes straight to his ear it doesn't go anywhere else yeah it doesn't oh. actually wesley doesn't actually broadcast he's just like could no. you please dial it down a bit please yeah dial it down a bit. <laughs> that's the only thing i do that's awesome brian yeah i think um you know, it's funny because I I consume a lot of podcasts as well. And I think the best ones for me personally are the ones where people are kind of making podcasts for themselves. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of tell that they're, it, they have a, it, it's less about that they wanted to get a big audience or, you know, that kind of thing or be famous or, you know, whatever than it was. They just wanted to chat about something that was important to them. And you can feel that, you know, kind of coming through, I think. And so that's very much the spirit with which Erica and I started our show was um, we, we felt we had some stuff to say and, and we wanted to talk to each other about it. You know um, we actually like the story was we had lunch one day and we were talking about community stuff and I was like, this is a podcast. Like we should just, <laughs> we should just record this and like put it. Cause like, I think other people might think this is cool or like enjoy it or whatever. Um, and the other one, I guess the other reason was there's a lot of, um, kind of podcasts in our industry and a lot of them are like interview shows, right. Where they have people on, which is great. Um, but we didn't want to like, just add another interview show, you know, cause like there was already a bunch of people doing that. And I, I was like, well, I don't want to step on their turf or whatever. So that's sort of how we came up with the format of like, Hey, it's really just going to be us just kind of talking about different topics and things we like. And trying to make it, you know, kind of different or interesting in that way was, was part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for me, many years ago, I did a podcast that was built very much like this. So we'd get a, a collective of people that were in community management and social media at the time. And we'd have a topic that we would just kind of go through some questions on and just discuss as we could. Uh, I, I, and doing a podcast is hard, uh, much harder than you would think, but that's a question for a little bit later. Uh, so the next question up is kind of the meat and bones of the of the show today. So um, it is, you know, why why would you want to create a podcast for community? Um, you know, we often think of you know trying to engage our community on the community, and this is something that would kind of be off the community. Um, but you know, why would you want to do that? What what is the thought process that says let's make a podcast for our community? Um, I'm I'm going to jump in on this one, David. I think that. Uh, at least for me, I don't know if this is the overarching, you know, way that we do things at Community Pulse or any of the other podcasts I'm on. But for me, 
uh, a lot of the, the communities that I work in are very giving and there, there's the sense of like, especially open source communities, there's a sense that like you're, I'm getting something for free constantly. What, what more can I possibly give back to these people who took me in, taught me how to do things, showed me the ropes, uh, showed me where the guardrails were like putting together a podcast seems like, um, it seems like almost a no brainer. Like this is something I can easily give back. I can jump on a mic and talk for an hour once a month and provide these people with some sort of insights or perspectives that they value. Um, I mean, I hope they value them. They seem to keep listening. Um, but in all, in all seriousness, like it's an opportunity, especially in the developer community to say, Hey, like maybe you don't have the time or the inclination or the income to go to a full conference to hear what I have to say about all this other stuff that's in my head. Here's something where you can just do it for free. This is going to be easier for you. Just come and give it a listen. Yeah, I think for me, it was one, it was around education. You know, you, you started to see in the last two or three years, a lot of different community managers uh, coming in the space and, and they're and they're young. They don't completely understand, you know, what it takes to be a, a community manager, leader and those kinds of things. And I thought one is, yeah, I did it somewhat selfishly with the, the, the with Michael in mind to help me. Uh, but I also figured, you know, that's, it's also giving back because I mean, the last three years, I mean, these people just, they're just coming in in droves. And then you ask them about strategy and, uh, things like that. And you just hear a lot of tactics that people are driving. And I thought, you know what, you know, community management is a lot more than just, you know, driving a bunch of tactics, you know, on, you know, if you want to be successful. So how do you start kind of looking at those business outcomes and things like that? And they're hard. It's really difficult. Uh, to kind of think that way because, uh, you know, so, and then, you know, it's changed a little bit. So some of it is also self kind of, you know, it, it's really nice to get your name out there to get your, uh, uh, Hey, I've got a lot of stuff to say or, or something like that, but there's some of that, but, you know, to me, it's, it's more about getting the word of, you know, community management is more than just tactics. It's more than just social, you know, and, and those kinds of things. It's, it's a lot, it's business focus. It's business. What I do is business oriented, B two B kind of stuff, you know. And so you got to think that way. And and what's the value a community can bring to organizations? Yes, to your community, but you know, at the end of the day, they're paying for you to be there, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, I, to to sort of jump onto that, I feel like, um, yes, we're all part of something that is filling a need personally. Like we just want to talk to our community in general and, and be close and connected, connected to them and give back, like Chris was saying, and just be part of that community where you're all helping each other. And I've, I know that, um, you know, some of the things that we talk about on Community Pulse and a lot of other projects I'm, I'm on is it's also about meeting the community where they are, wherever, wherever that may be. And so podcast is just one, you know, medium, one channel, for us to like connect with our communities. And uh, like Brian, like I'm, I'm a big consumer of podcasts. I love, can you know, I love soaking in new information in that medium. And to me, it felt like a natural, uh, you know, way to just go and put content out in, in a way that I was enjoying um, sucking that in. But I think that's also evolved or, or maybe there's just been so many new ways to do it now through live streaming on Twitch things like what we're doing here where we're pushing it out to multiple channels at once. I mean, you couldn't do that, you know, not that long ago. Um, and also I think strategically, you know, it's that there's reasons why you might want to business reasons or just whatever um, sort of organizational reasons why you want to grow your audience or at least grow 
um, uh, you know, scale out what you're doing. And so you might take the audio from one place and use it in a podcast, you know, from a video and use it in a podcast over here, really, truly scaling out what you're doing. And, and then there's the last one that was just brought up too about just sort of establishing your expertise, which I don't, you know, I don't think anybody on here necessarily ever sets out to do, but that's just part of what happens as you do it over time. Yeah. Maybe Wesley. Um, but as, uh, that's just something that's a byproduct really of doing things that you talking about things you love to talk about with the people you love talking about with, you know, I think you just start to establish your expertise in that area. And, uh, so I guess that that's the long version of, there's a lot of reasons why you might want to create a podcast for your community, but I think it starts hopefully with you, you're part of the community and you want to just be part of that conversation and, and we're connectors and we like to connect, you know, connect folks. I think that's yeah endemic of community managers. We all like to connect and interconnect and reconnect. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, so prior to, you know, in before the lock, I hosted another podcast at a company I was working at, um, which was back in like 2016 or 2017, I want to say, probably 2017. Um, and uh, it's it was called Alter Everything. And it, it's it was basically about the community. So the, it was an interview show. So the idea was, uh, every week or two, we would have on someone from the community and just talk to them about their experience. They were a community of data scientists, data analysts, stuff like that. And so we would just have them on and talk about, you know, how did you get into this role? And, you know, that, that kind of typical show, but for us, the reason why we did it, you know, speaking kind of the question is like, we wanted our community members to have a more deep connection to each other. Um, and they're seeing each other largely through screens and, you know, in the, the forum based community, let's say, but how can we sort of take that to a different place and have them actually hear each other and learn from each other in that way. And like, it was kind of cool because the first conference we did, you know, after starting that show, people would walk up to each other and be like, Oh, I heard your episode. And that thing you said was so cool. Or that was like good advice. And I did that thing at my company and it really worked or, you know, it didn't, but I really appreciate the advice or whatever, you know? And so I think like when people talk about engagement or connection or belonging, like if you have a community of people, if you can have them hear each other, like hear each other's voice is like, there's another element to that as opposed to, like, yeah, we, we DM back and forth or we're, we're in, you know, solving each other's questions in a community or whatever. Um, and that was really like why we set out to do it. And I have to say that, um, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it, but it was probably one of the best things we ever did. And then as a side benefit, the marketing team like freaked out, right? Because now we have all this content and stuff they could, you know, parse out into little clips and share on Twitter, or, like whatever. So there's, there's a lot of reasons actually why, you know, businesses that already have a vibrant community might want to explore this as a major option in their kind of content arsenal. Yeah. Do you, do you see it more as a, do you see it more as a community effort or is it a, a marketing effort or a little of both? Well, funny story. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, marketing really wanted it to be a marketing effort. And I said, no this is a community thing, right? It's got to be by the community, for the community. The hosts were always either members of the community team or members of the community itself. And that was important that it was 
it maintained that level of authenticity, right? And that it was more about us, just the community lifting the community up, right? And that it, it, there was no pressure ever for anybody to come on and like say nice stuff about our products or whatever. And actually, if you go listen to that show, we never really talked about products. I never asked people about, you know, how do you use Ultrix Designer? Like we just didn't do it. it. We would say, tell us about what you do. Tell us about how that's going. They may bring it up, you know, but it was never about like just getting free reviews essentially of the product. Um, and I think that's why people like to listen to it because it wasn't us like pushing anything, but it happened anyway, because they were, you know, big fans of us. And that's why they were in the community in the first place. So I think you can do both is my point without it being um, oriented in that direction, right? Yeah. You can you can have it be more community focused and still get all of the marketing and sales kind of windfalls. And I, and I think this, I put something in the chat there. Uh, one of the things that we always talk about at Devrelate IO with our, with our clients is, is, is the goal is to be a good community citizen. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And I think that what Brian's saying here is like the perfect example, like you're reaching, you're doing something for the community. There's no benefit to you because you already benefit from the community. They're basically paying your salary. Um, so why not do something like, you know, put something together, put, answer some questions that, you know, come up fairly commonly, you know, do something that's not going to, it's not going to be a huge tax on you, but it's going to be a huge benefit to the community and your appearance in that community is okay. Wow. That I just got quoted. Nice. Um, but, uh, your appearance in that community is so much better. Like clearly you're saying I'm a member here. I'm not just someone who leverages community. I'm someone who is involved and wants to help. Right, right before this uh, recording, PJ Wesley and myself got together, uh, just for a little, uh, group chat, um, scheduling our podcast and, and just talking about topics. And it just, just reminded me, and PJ is already kind of hinting at it, is that maybe the reason why we created the podcast was one thing, but a big part of it is being that like listening post, that advocate for the community to go find out what's important to them and then provide that to them. You know, again, make the connections, create a podcast, write a book, whatever, but listen to your community and figure out what they're looking for. And then um, make sure that that's at least part of the DNA. You know, we were just looking back through chat, uh, our DevRel collective and, and kind of like, what are people talking about? What are some of the right. things that are like current and, and important to them? Let's, uh, let's, let's see if there's something there that maybe we should start bringing up uh, in, a, in our planning here soon. So uh, to me, that's, um, that goes back to it not being completely self-focused on. I just want to put you know, myself out there and just be a talking head. I actually want to um, be a member of this community and try to and serve them, um, you know, in ways that uh, we all grow, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing here is exactly that. It's not it's not so much about, you know, 15 minutes of fame for me. Um, I used to do these in the past when they were called community hangouts. And that was Tim McDonald. Um, but it's more about, you know, sharing, sharing knowledge and making, you know, finding out what the community of community managers wants to talk about um, and, and bringing that to them in a digestible way and getting other community experts to chime in and, and discuss that topic. Um, but I try to get a, a broad range. I try to get people that, you know, not for this one, this one I was very specific and got podcasters to talk about podcasting, right? Uh, but on other topics, I'll get people from different stages of their you know, community career. There's people like me and, and Brian that have been doing it since, you know, Methuselah first got on AOL. And, you know, there's other people that have only been doing it for a year or six months, or they're just starting. 
And, and I think that gives a great perspective. Um, for me, being in this as long as I have, I think sometimes I get myself into a bubble where I know what I know and I, and I, and I get stuck in it. And having somebody new come along and say something that I'm not expecting or looking at it in a different perspective helps me pop that bubble and get out of it and realize that, you know, I, what I know is good, but maybe it needs to be updated with the times, you know, and, and so I'm constantly learning from people. And, you know, I've been doing community management since 1998. And, and to be able to say that after 20, 24, almost 25 years, I'm still learning, I feel is a good thing. Wow, David, I wonder how old you are. You've been doing a long time. Um, yes. <laughs> I completely agree with you. He's you know, he like, started in fairness. He started when he was eleven, so it's okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I did not. Okay, so the the honest truth is is that you know I am actually fifty two, so I'm I'm a I'm a Gen Xer. Don't hold it against me. That's fair. Uh, I I completely agree with you. I think you know, uh, as I kind of build programs, and I'm not really up to speed with how to build a certain program, I might get, you know, uh, Allison uh, Boudreaux from Calix on my um, podcast and think, you know, she's done a lot of stuff, you know, and so why not talk to her about what she's done or, you know, get somebody like uh, Nicole Saunders, you know, from uh, the director of communities at uh, um, Zendesk, right, you know, or, you know, they've done a lot of really cool stuff. They've been doing it for a long time and built a lot of really cool programs. I don't know a lot about this. How do they do it? You know, and get them on and talk about it. You know, I think, you know, it's not just selfish. Like if I haven't done it, a lot of people probably haven't done it. So let's think about how we can get the word out. And so that's kind of how I think about, you know, topics and things like that, because I know if I haven't done it or if, if, you know, there's probably somebody else that hasn't done it or want to hear from kind of the expert, you know? I agree. I, I, where I work, we have a very small DevRel community Yeah. and it's, it's, it's not really under my purview, but I work with the team that it is. And, you know, I'm that community experts for DevRel. And honestly, guys, I've never really done DevRel before. So you think <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast about DevRel communities? You better yes. believe it because yeah. I'm going to stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Um, you know, I know that I don't know this. And so I will reach out to these guys at some point and say, okay, we're, we're in a weird place and I don't know what to do. Uh, and being able to do that, I think is amazing, you know? There's a whole not that you don't know it because you understand community management. You are a professional in that field. So there's right. a lot of things that you still can use, but it is obvious, obviously really good to kind of say, well, these people are actually in DevRev, you know, let's, or DevRel, let's get their expertise, you know? Right. So. And I'm a builder. I mean, that's, that's where I cut my teeth is yep. we don't have a community. We want a community. Let's build it from the nothing up. And yep. so I'm real good at that. And then, you know, I specifically took the job I'm in today because somebody else had already done that and I had to come in and take over and work with that community and build it past where they had got it started. And, uh, you know, Heather, who was in the before me, did an amazing job of getting the community set up and organized. And, uh, you know, and I just had to come in and make sure it keeps going and that we keep expanding and we keep getting better. Uh, and that's something I had never done before. And I specifically took the job to get that experience and have that understanding. All right. I don't know if we can go any further on that one. <laughs> but uh, so I, I mentioned this briefly, making a podcast is hard. So, um, you know, what's the hardest part that you guys have found? When I was making my podcast, it was coming up with topics um, and trying to get those and figure out what we're going to talk about this week. And the other part was editing. I hated editing the 
afterwards. I mean, I just talked about this. Now I got to listen to us talk about it again for the next four hours. <laughs> so. I think for me, it's, uh, it's all those things because it's just me doing it, right? So, you know, I've got to go edit the podcast, upload the podcast, put the description and title in the podcast. You know, finding the people seems to be somewhat, I won't say easy, but, you know, in the topics it's just seem to come. It's not really that's not the hard part, but it's, and then, you know, if I do this all day, every day for a living, and then, you know, now I got to go publish a podcast, it becomes, you know, at times cumbersome. Like this summer, I just kind of took off a little bit and it's like, you know, I just, I'm just tired. You know, I just don't want to think about community, you know, unless I'm working, <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's some of that burnout, you know, that, that happens, but you know, then it becomes fun again and, and things. But I think the talking part, recording part is all the easy stuff. But it's the the harder part is you know developing it, coming up with like I said, description titles and all that kind of stuff. So talking uh, I, over each other, yeah, is a hard part. <laughs> I blend that saw. perfectly. Yes. Well played, well played, Wesley. I saw that glint in your eye. Like he's waiting. He's waiting for. He's going to do the thing. Go, Jason. Yeah, no, no, uh, that's that is definitely part of it. And one of the things that I had at the top of our list is as community pulse has grown, you know, we've brought in more, more voices to be, you know, part of the like core identity of the show beyond just Mary and myself. It went to PJ and then we brought on uh, somebody named Sarah Jane Morris who recently left to go do some other stuff. And then we brought in Wesley. And so we were constantly always, you know, trying to bring in fresh, fresh ideas and people. Um, but that leads to like maybe too many people on screen sometimes for a show that we're trying to record in 45 minutes. And so it's been, uh, it turns out not too much of a challenge because all of us are, have been you know busy enough where we can actually look for places where we can you know take something off our plate. So, uh, but scheduling, I would say in general is always a huge problem because you know people are busy, 100%. people are burnt out. Uh, it is the single biggest dependency problem I think we have most of the projects I work on anytime there's a thing where you got to get multiple people together, especially if there's like, yeah, just like this, <laughs> it is, it is hard. Um, you know, and we ended up just uh, making life easier for us where we record the same day every time. It's always on a Friday or a, well, I guess we have made a few exceptions, but in general, it's always the same day at the same time. And, uh, that's made life a lot easier for us, but, uh, all the other stuff, the things that we also hate to do, the editing, uh, the, you know, updating the website, um, stuff like that. We sort of tackle it together, but also I think we've decided it's it's okay to outsource some of that stuff if we if we've got the the means to, which then brings in the sponsorship question too, and the challenges there too. So, yeah, I, I think right there, Jason, I feel like you kind of nail something on the head. Like one of the I think I think one of the toughest parts about pot making a podcast is figuring out like where do you draw the line be, 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 between like, you know, Hey, we're having this great community oriented podcast about things we love. And we have this great sponsored, you know, running ads and doing things. And it's like, as it, it's almost like, you know, the argument like, Oh, when do I become not an indie podcaster? When do I become corporate podcast person? Um, oh. And like, we, have, we haven't hit that yet. Nobody's paying us to podcast. Um, but we do have sponsors and things like that, but we like, that's manageable at the moment. I think there's a line where you become kind of corporatized or one of those like podcast houses pick you up and suddenly the podcast is produced by someone else. And the ideas are coming from a different source right now. We're still everything that we do at community pulse. We source ourselves. We decide on the conversations we're going to have. We write the scripts, we decide on the guests and 
you know, we, we have final edit rights on everything that we do. So we still have like full control creatively over what we do, but what if we want to take that next step? How do you even do that? There's not really like a clear path. I think that's one of the toughest parts is figuring out that line between, you know, homegrown organic growth podcast and nicely polished product um, podcast. You know, um, yeah, a couple things. I mean, on so looking at it from the perspective of your listeners, right? I, I think podcasts are no different than any other type of content, meaning it has to be done consistently um, and on a repeatable schedule that people understand and, you know, that sort of a thing to like really grow a large enough following. Like people need to know, okay, every Tuesday it's going to be there. It becomes a background music of their life kind of a situation when you, when you do that. And I think that's a really hard thing to do, you know, to do it every week or every two weeks or whatever your cadence is without fail um, takes a lot of planning and forethought and commitment, you know? And I think for a lot of podcasters, that's just like a really hard, if not impossible thing to do. And that's why you see these shows where they blast out three episodes and then you don't hear from them for six months. And then like a random episode comes in the feed one day. And then like, you know, it's just, I think that's probably the hardest part in terms of like, you know, making it consistent and clear. I think the sponsorship bit can be another really difficult thing. I've certainly done that in the past. Um, and if you set it up right, you can certainly basically dictate your terms and say, here's how this is going to go. <laughs> um, and, you know, you feed me some stuff and I'll do the read or, you know, however you're going to do it uh, without ever saying, you know, you have zero, you know, basically you just say like, you have no influence over the topics we pick or how long the episode is or at what point in the episodes you're, you know, um, that may or may not work depending on who wants to sponsor you and what they think they want out of it. But I find in general that the, again, kind of my own personal like podcasts I listen to, if I think about the ones where I listen to the ads versus the ones that I don't, um, it's usually the ones that are more kind of authentic and built into the episode in a way that doesn't feel shady or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I'd say those are the two hardest things, um, you know, for, for me and kind of like what I've seen other people struggle with as well. Yeah. I'd have no idea what to do if somebody said they wanted to sponsor this thing. <laughs> it's live. You don't want me to try to talk to a script because I'll fumble <laughs> it, which is exactly what I did in the intro, right? It's so it's just not my, not my cup of tea. Uh, very good. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I have anything more to, to say on that one. Um, I do know that finding guests, especially for this, can be very difficult. I have tried very hard not to reach out to people directly. Um, I'd rather have people that want to come on and talk about something I'm talking about, but that, that means I've got to at least get what I want to talk about in front of them. Um, mm -hmm. I did reach out to a couple of you directly. I think all of you I reached out directly, but that's because I had just done a blog post on podcasts and I tweeted it out and everybody's like, cool. <laughs> Thank you for promoting my stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it gave me the idea for this topic, you know, uh, to get people talking about it. Um, so next question, um, what are some lessons learned from doing the podcast? And, and I don't necessarily mean like we just talked about the, the problem stuff, but what are some stuff uh, that you've learned doing the podcast that has helped you, you know, better engage with your listeners, better engage with any of the communities that you've built around your podcast, um, anything like that. Um, and it ties into the question after this, which is, which is any tips 
for those thinking about doing a podcast. We can just combine those. Um, so have at it. I can go first. Um, the Community Pulse just celebrated its fifth year, um, or is that right? Fifth year? Uh, not too long ago. And uh, I feel like there's tons of stuff. We could we could have a whole episode on this. One thing I, I do think we learned early on is, is um, that it, it is difficult to get the guest part figured out, but when you're part of that community and you're asking them the questions and then you make you know, whoever like is the first one to come back with a response, you immediately make them the expert and put them on the show. Like that, that's, that's part of this whole recipe is like, even if they weren't the expert or didn't think they were the expert, they had an opinion and a thought. Um, and that's a good starting point. So bring them on and then let the conversation bloom from there, I think was, uh, something we learned instead of us being the expert, you know, like I'm not an expert. I just, I, I like people. I like talking about some stuff and I learn very quickly and um, I want to just use that superpower to like get more information out there to, 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 to more people. And so that was how we started seeing like real growth is to like focus more on being that type of thing. Um, and wherever we can to um, make life easy for us, we would, we would do, uh, do, you know, some automation with GitHub to like push out our, uh, our website, like tried to all the stuff we hated to do. We, we tried to get rid of wherever we could and think of it more in like terms of scaling. And, um, because one of the biggest parts is you have to do, you have to keep it going, which means that you have to really challenge, you're, you're going to run into the challenges around burnout. And most of us are going on Mike saying, be, beware of burnout and look out for these signs. And then we go right ahead, you know, and do it almost ourselves. So it's like finding that good balance of how do I keep this up and be, be a good steward of the community without burning myself out and setting a poor example. Um, so that's a big part of it too. And, and again, why we brought in more people to be part of this project and, and not, you know, like Mary's out enjoying a, a nice long break right now while things kind of just keep going. And all of us are able to enjoy that. I'd also say to kind of to riff off of what Jason's saying and what Brian was saying earlier, consistency with flexibility is super important. Uh, we learned pretty early on, like we had a very like kind of open ended. We weren't too scripted, uh, but we just kind of had a format. We did kind of improve that. Like if you if you listen to the community pulse now, we very clearly have a script. We will read to you what we feel the description of the episode is going to be, then play the music, and then you get the, the interview part of it. Um, but at the same time, we're flexible. Like We usually have probably be anywhere between five and ten questions written down. We might only get to three of them. We might get to all of them. We might ask questions that aren't on the list, but we're flexible. But you know that the format's going to be, here's the intro, here's the music, here's the, the guests, here's our checkouts, which are something that has sometimes nothing to do with what we've been talking about. Here's a, a, a rock or, or punk or hip hop quote from PJ and we're out. And the after pulse works the same way. It's like, hey, here we are. We're going to talk about what a great episode that was. Then we're going to go into a discussion randomly. We're just going to stop talking uh, because it is an, it's, a, it's a bonus episode. It's not really a full episode. Um, but that, that consistency, people know exactly what they're getting. They know that the community pulse will come out two weeks later. The after pulse will come out. Two weeks after that, you'll have a new episode. Um, <laughs> Wesley, do you want to take it from there? But like having having consistency with flexibility is the key. If you're too rigid, it sounds like you're scripted. I've listened to way too many podcasts that sound like people are reading Wikipedia pages and they're not too thrilled to be there doing it. Um, 
I'd, I'd rather have something that's like more vivacious and active and live. And that's why I think we focus on having topics that are, that are currently pertinent and hopefully continually pertinent and, and bonus benefits to the people that are listening throughout time. But like the same time, we we're not going to strictly only say, Oh, we have to stay in this box. Cause that's what it is. You know, I, I think PJ, you're, you're highlighting a major lesson that I learned and, and that I think everybody kind of needs to hear about, which is, and, and I want to say, I guess, before I say what I'm about to say, I don't mean this in a gatekeepy kind of way. I mean this in a, it's a, it's something to learn and like build your skill doing, which is that if you're going to do an interview show anyway, like interviewing people is a real skill. <laughs> like that's, you know, I think a lot of podcasts that, that are interview format, you start listening and you realize that the person just like they had a passion for the topic and they wanted to start a podcast. And that's great. Again, I'm not trying to like say you shouldn't do that, but you can tell that they're uh, maybe not the best interviewer. They don't know what to ask or how to flow the kind like that is, there's so many things about that. That's a real skill. Right. And I think the second piece of that is the recognition that even if this sounds like weird to you, you're an entertainer. You know, like for that period of time, like why, why will people listen to your show, right? Why do they care? Some of it's to get the information, right? For sure. They want knowledge. They want to learn something. That's totally true. And you should do that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if I open up my podcast app right now and there's, you know, 10, 15 in the backlog, you know, episodes in the list, I know that every time I'm going to click the one that makes me laugh or is entertaining or like is going to raise my spirits on a day when I need my spirits raised, you know? And so my advice to podcasters, if you're going to do an interview show or any kind of podcast, I guess, is get really good at interviewing, you know, and then make it a show, make it fun, make it interesting, you know, because mm -hmm. like you said, no one wants to listen really to a show where it's kind of like monotone and, you know, droning on and like whatever. Right. So I, I think that's, that's a big challenge for, for myself and, and for a lot of people. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard, but we're also, um, kind of fighting for people's attention a little bit more these days. You know, there's other forms of media and there's TikToks and YouTube shorts with some, something else we were, DJ and Wesley and I were just talking about. There's just other ways for people to consume content or to fill the, the gap in their days. But I think that the something you just said, Brian, sparked um, this this notion that what we do as community managers, as developer relations experts, whatever it is, it's all relationships. Like we're all just like we're working and, and we're existing in this world of relationships and relationship building and nurturing. And um, it's all relationships. And everything I know about relationships is that they're constantly evolving and changing, you know, with the community, with the people, individuals of the community, like us as hosts on this show are all changing and going through things. And, um, you know, even with yourself, you know, you just sort of like to wake up one day and you wonder, is this the direction I want to go in? Or do, do I want to pivot and change my career to this? So like, everything's kind of constantly changing. And I think being comfortable with that and rolling with it and just being this 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 thing that's trying to just always change in a positive way itself and everything around it um has been something i learned is that that's how i enjoy this and continue enjoying this is that i don't try to fit into a box i just sort of just roll with what feels good for us uh, collectively you know as hosts and as what we're trying to do for the community if i could i just wanted to squeeze in 
my little bit of comment here. Um, and the thing that I learned from podcasting is this is going to sound weird, but the people listen to podcasts that like listen to the podcast that I'm on, which is <laughs> the reason why I say this because you're like, oh, it's on the internet. But, but the as community managers, we we know the 80 20 role that 80% are lurkers, 20% are participants, but that percentage is super skewed when you talk about podcasts that so many more people listen than those that do engage with the, the hosts, with the, the guests. And um, only like in the last, I would say like this year have I had people come up to me and say, Hey, I listened to your podcast or, Hey, I really did enjoy this one subject that you covered. And me, cause I guess because I'm going to conferences now, so left my house that I'm running to people and having these conversations of people who have are familiar with the topics we cover and have listened to the episodes, it is mind blowing uh, because it so outpaces uh, or dwarfs how much uh, reviews we get, how many stars we get, and how many like Twitter messages we get, comments. It just um, so, so um, even though it feels as if if you're in podcasting or just starting out that you you don't get a lot of feedback, realize that even though you may not hear it, there is still people who listen, who lives you impact, how strategies you've shaped, and you know just kind of like uh, are able to take what they have learned from listening and actually use it for good to help further their career or personal development. And it's just amazing to hear those stories uh, when you do have the opportunity to get that feedback. And, and that's what makes the grind like Worth that's, it. that's, you know, when, when you're yeah. not feeling it, you know, and it's summertime and you're like, man, I'd rather be sipping a pina colada by the pool than, you know, doing this thing like that. Yeah. I, I agree. Like that's the fulfilling part at the end is when people like, it's sort of weird too, right? Like people come up to you and they're like, like, oh, you're in my head all the time or whatever. And you're like, whoa, like that's, that's someone told me a few months ago, they said, I fall asleep to you every night. They were like, I put your podcast. And I was like, is that a good hey, thing? We're, we're getting borderline creepy, Brian. That's borderline and, creepy. Uh, you know, but yeah. that's when you hear that kind of stuff. You're like, okay, like there's, a, there's people listening. There's a reason why we do this. And I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I, I know that in the in, on a similar story, I used to manage a very, very large community and I had 200 volunteer moderators for those it was spread across like 14 forums but there was 200 of them and i know that one of them one of those moderators went on to a career in community management and eventually a little bit beyond that and doing other things but i still i'm in touch with that person and we still talk um but it's it's i influenced one life i feel like i've made a difference in the world right um so one person maybe found their direction and uh and that's kind of cool. And that, that's enough to propel me on to keep doing this because I don't need to know necessarily that any of these episodes have made a, a difference in somebody's life. But it, it's good to know that maybe in that moment, um, they can help them with a problem that they're, they're trying to solve. And I don't need the fame or the fortune. Uh, clearly, I'm doing all this for nothing. Uh, but just, just to share that knowledge and get that knowledge into the world. And hopefully that, you know, they'll, they'll do the same thing. They'll pick it up and carry it to somebody else. We've got a little bit of time left. What about 10 minutes or so? Um, is there anything that we missed? Uh, anything you want to talk about? Um, hey, uh, random question. Have you ever gone back to old episodes and then thought maybe we should redo this one? 
or man, I can't believe we did it that way. <laughs> you know, that scary first episode versus the 20th episode where you've got everything down pat. Uh, I think I think we generally do. I mean, Jay, Jay, I think you listen more than anybody else to our old episodes to see if there's correlations that we can bring into upcoming episodes and stuff. But we try to listen and it's like it's pretty obvious. We've seen the evolution of like, you know, two people microphone that was standard with the computer that they were using. Maybe they're wearing headphones, lots of background noise, all recorded over a Zoom meeting to where we are today. where like everyone has a professional microphone everyone's you know making sure they're noise canceling everyone's making sure that you just if you look at the quality of growth over 70 episodes it's pretty good it's pretty cool there are cringy moments like i go back to when we were on youtube and we didn't think that it was important to like you know get dressed or take a shower before we went on video um because you know developer communities um but like you know it's, it's little things that you don't think about that that actually produce a better more high quality thing and this is a, like i mentioned the new, one of the most practical pro tips you can give anybody who's going to get into a podcast buy a decent microphone um your airpods or airpods pro or any other product similar to that is not a decent microphone um your your computer regardless of who makes it or what operating system you're using is not a decent microphone you need a nice standalone microphone um, you know, you don't have to spend $300, $400 on it. It can be pretty cheap, but get something that isn't just, you know, your standard. Like, you know, Chris is using a great headset microphone, but that's a quality microphone and headset. You can get that. You don't have to have one of these like weird bulbous things sticking in your face. You can get some, you know, the headset microphone that works just fine, but get something that isn't, you know, earbuds that came with your phone. It's just not going to, it's not going to cut it. I will say, I think in general, yeah, if you're, if you're trying to be a, you know, professional podcaster or, or put together something that's, you know, kind of at that level. Yeah. It's, it's always good advice to, you know, and you can like, honestly, 99 bucks, you can get something pretty, pretty darn good. I will say, you know, as far as like democratizing this sort of thing and making it available to as many people as possible. Right. Um, the other day I, uh, I was doing, I, was traveling and my whole setup was a mess and whatever. And uh, I accidentally recorded a podcast through the built-in microphones on my new MacBook Pro. And listen, I can tell the difference. I'm sure, you know, you all could tell the difference because you do this for a living. I'm pretty sure that like 90% of the audience, like it's actually kind of shocking how like far those have come. So, you know, I think that's going to get better like anything else and more, you know, uh, democratized for people. But um yeah, there's, there's the whole tech side of it and, and that kind of thing. But I, I also don't want to like discourage anybody, you know, like if you have a good idea and you want to give it a go, um, I, I say go for it, you know, and work out the technical stuff as you, as you figure it out. Yeah, I think, I think the, the first step is just taking the first step sometimes, you know, you know, if you've got an idea, like you said, go with it. Even if it sounds bad the first time, you'll at least know what you did wrong and know what to improve on. One, one of the big things that I think we <clears throat> all on Community Pulse um, have been all very mindful about, um, have all dealt with, is just trying to make sure we understand our own bandwidth, our own cycles to do this type of stuff, because we've all experienced some level of exhaustion through just you know overextending our, our stuff. Um, and this was always meant to be, um, you know, it's a side project, it's a passion project, it's, it's a Thing we do as members of the community we're not paid to do any of this and so the second it starts to feel 
a little bit too much like work or it's we just don't have the mental capacity for it um that's like a, a red flag and i think we've all like started to raise the wet red flag um a few times and have been very good about talking to each other about those feelings um so i think you know as far as the relationships you have with the other people you're you're sharing this project with um pj and wesley and i were all best friends and we've, be, we've become best friends through this you know we were strangers when we met um and so that goes back to the relationship part and just being honest with yourself and and why are you doing this and how much how much energy do you have to put into it well and i think you bring up something interesting there jay that i think we should mention like um brian i don't know because you you're working with erica right so i don't know how long you the two of you knew each other when i started at community pulse i had never met jason before in my life um but we were very much fast friends. same with i still have not met wesley faulkner in real life same. um we call each other on the phone we text each other we're talking on twitter to each other like all of that is true every part of the relationship is there we just never met each other in real life um, and I feel like it's odd that you can kind of with a podcast, you can kind of get away with this because it's almost like that's the nature of the very thing you're recording. Nine times out of 10, you don't do a podcast sitting in, especially post COVID, sitting in one room together in front of a couple microphones. Um, that's that's pretty rare. Um, but, you know, we I, I, we still get along so great. And because of that, we're, it's easy for us to recognize like, hey, this person needs a hand or, you know, this, this person needs a lift or we just need to like, you know maybe give them a break for a couple of weeks and see what's going on. I mean, we also at community pulse, we have the bonus that two, you know, myself and Mary both work with open sourcing mental illness. So it's really easy to, uh, to, to see those kind of things when you're already working with an, a mental health organization. So I do Agreed. have a question, uh, unless you want to jump in. No, no I, I, go ahead. So it says a uh, question for you, the crew, how do you engage with the listeners of your podcast calls to action? How do you make, how do you share resources apart from simply saying them? Have you explored any other creative solutions? Thank you, Michael Lynn. Um, I mean, I, I could answer for us. One of the things that I'll, and I'm going to go backwards. So we share our resources through the communitypulse.io website. So every episode, there's a section where any links that are mentioned, any, any books, anything like that, we have the 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 uh, the tags to go get them. Um, we want to make sure that anything that gets mentioned, either in the checkout section or just generally when we're talking, is shared with the listeners because we are um, we kind of stop doing that. We sometimes do video, but we are focused on being the audio podcast, and we don't have a full transcription. But we have enough information for you. Uh, the only calls to action we generally have are like, hey, if you're interested, get in touch. Here's our emails. Talk to us on Twitter. Um, you know give us some ratings on, on Apple uh, podcasts or Google play or whatever, you know, give us reviews. Cause that helps us out. Um, but we don't consistently, like we don't focus on that so much because we're focused on delivering what we're, what we're trying to deliver. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like we, we also, we work for four different companies. We come from four different backgrounds. We often have four different perspectives. Um, so we don't have like anything that like, we don't have any motivation for doing this podcast other than we'd love to do this podcast. Um, as far as engagement, we we're lucky enough. We got, we got on the whole DevRel thing pretty early, um, as far as podcasts go. So we have a pretty good listenership and like Brian says, always, always fun to go out in public and, and have someone say, Hey, I listened to that episode. It was great. What you said about blah, blah, blah. Um, and realize that like, apparently whatever we're doing is working because people are listening. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. I actually, it's a good question. Uh, I think of it in the reverse. 
the action items are on me. <laughs> like, right. like I, I don't, I've never asked a single thing. I don't think of our audience, you know, like I, the way I see it is you're doing your part by taking 45 minutes, an hour, sometimes two hours, you know, if we go on endlessly by listening. Right. And so I kind of look at it as it's on us to do the actions, meaning, you know, are we going to post the templates that we're talking about on our site for you to go download for free? Are we going to put the time into the show notes to make sure that all the stuff we talked about is there that you can click through and get some value out of the different links or resources from other people or whatever. So, you know, I would kind of recommend that if you're going to start a show, whatever it is, think of it that way. You work, you work for them, not the other way around, you know? And then I think if you do that and you do it really well, the reviews and the star ratings and the them sharing it with their buddies and all like all that stuff will happen. Right. If you just kind of focus on making it a great experience, you know, for them, I, yeah, I personally get a little annoyed to be honest with you. when I listen to podcasts in the first five minutes or like us here, share us there, review us, whatever, like some, well, yeah, some yeah. goes a long way, but I think yeah, we all, know. we always put it like in the, in the end bumpers. That way it's like, you know, if you're going to listen to that, that's cool. Yeah. Like, but I, yeah, I don't like the either podcast or, or videos where it's like, all right. So before we actually get to the thing, <laughs> like or share, subscribe, blah, blah. Mm, no, yeah, they, thanks they for, thanks for click and play. You work for me now. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, really not, uh, not exactly the best experience. One of the things that has come up a few times that we've <clears throat> had to think long and hard about in terms of just the growth of the show and what do we want the show to be and, you know, five year plan, that kind of thing. Um, which we don't have, we've, 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 we flirt with it every once in a while. And then we're just like, no, let's just keep, keep, you know, not having that commitment just yet. Um, but we have had solicitations of authors and other industry experts come out to us to be guests, typically through agencies. And that's another thing that I think we've collectively decided that's not good for our community and that's not good for our show. Um, and that's something we had to like really think about, you know, cause that is a good way to get more exposure to another, um, just a, a larger audience or a different audience or something. But I think that might be a, a case by case situation where you have to take into consideration who is the guest and, and what is their area of expertise that they want to talk about and is it appropriate for our, our community. But, um, I, I feel like we've noticed, um, I wouldn't call it a trend, but there's definitely, you know, a, a whole bunch of people out there who try to connect podcasts with, uh, guests and vice versa. Um, we've found, I think, better success with bringing in members of our community to be guests rather than to bring in those quote experts. Um, but something that you, we, we, we learned. All, sorry, Jason. I was just going to say to you guys, I'll be blasted every day with like, PR firms from companies like oh, have God, our yes. CEO on and they know nothing about what you talk oh, God, about, yes. but they're just trying to get their friends. <laughs> like it's such a bizarre. And in case and, you missed our first five messages, here's our sixth one asking for the yeah, same thing. Yeah. And, and the best oh, part is they email Erica and I and they're like, Hey, like we love your show. We'd love to get our CEO on there. And I'm like, yeah, we don't have guests. Like You obviously don't <laughs> listen to the show. You know what I mean? It's, it's a useful filter actually, because it's like, you know, uh, you obviously don't listen to the show, so I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, looks like some people are going to jump. I'm going to put it in big head mode real quick. Uh, we lost, we lost Chris, we lost PJ, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it in big head mode. I want you to just, uh, tell everybody where they can get a hold of you. If they want to connect with you, if they want to listen to your podcast, if they want to email you, that kind of thing. So, uh, we'll put Jason up top. Um, so you can follow our show, the community pulse, uh, at the, um, 
It'll be at community underscore pulse on Twitter or communitypulse.io on the web. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Hand. Uh, from there, you can bounce over to all my other content on YouTube and TikTok. I'm kind of all over the place these days. So yeah, come find me. Let's chat. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for joining us. Wesley? Twitter's my hub. So if you go to at Wesley83 on Twitter, you can find me there. And if you click on the link in my bio, that'll take you to my Polywork page, where it kind of lists all the things I'm involved with, even though I haven't updated in a while. So I'll need to get to that. But if you're interested in other stuff that I'm involved with, you can go find me there. And Brian. Very cool. Uh, I'm Brian Oblinger everywhere. Uh, Brian Oblinger on Twitter, brianoblinger.com. Like you can find me pretty much anywhere with that name. Uh, the podcast is in before the lock. So ib4tl.fm. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, David. I really appreciate it. It's good yeah. to meet you guys as well. Yeah, thank you for joining us. All right. Let me uh, get my little text up here so I know exactly what I'm supposed to say. Because <laughs> if I don't write it down, I'll forget. Um, yeah, I want to thank everybody today for joining us and uh, thank you to our audience. Thank you, Michael, for joining in with the comments. Uh, I hate doing this part, but we, and we just talked about doing it. But if you enjoyed it, please like, follow, subscribe, etc., on the platform of your choice. If that sounded canned, it's because I'm in it too. Um, if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming episode or have a topic you would like us to cover, please head over to the communitymanager.com, click the About Us page, and hit Contact Us. All of this is a uh, uh, really supposed to be driven by you guys and for you guys, by you guys kind of a thing. So please do. Again, thank you to our guests and thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time. <laughs>